Ah, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Ah, this is episode 102, uh, where I had the pleasure of having uh, Trina Casey on the podcast. Uh, She is an American expat now living in Amsterdam. Uh, We talked about a number of things about how her journey from uh, basically LA uh, all the way over to Amsterdam and what that entailed. Also, we talked about her journey as a life coach as well and her podcast which is eq above iq i got to say it was a very interesting conversation and yeah she was a joy to have on the show uh look forward to having her back again uh, sometime soon but please sit back enjoy the show and have a great day yeah peace (laughs) yeah Ah, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. This is episode 102, where I have the immense pleasure to have uh, Trina Casey uh, on today. She is a life coach, uh, emotional intelligence coach. Uh, She has started her own publishing company. uh, company. Uh, This is uh, Real Life Books publishing and uh she has a a new podcast well a podcast which is eq above iq ah how are you today hello wow what an intro i'm good (laughs) i'm good excellent excellent ah yes you are in sunny amsterdam i i say that with one of those rare moments yeah (laughs) Yes, I've, I've been in Amsterdam for the last four years when I escaped America in the Trump Trump uh, world that it is. So um, hopefully with the election uh, will no longer be a, a, an issue. But yes, I've been in Amsterdam for four years now. Yes, it's not looking good for the old man at this present time. <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, like, this is the thing. You've been over in Amsterdam four years uh, doing what you do with mm-hmm. business and such um like do you still like do you still have the right you're still a citizen of the united states or oh yeah oh yeah i'm still oh. a u.s citizen um i'm here on a visa uh we have our a uh, few companies in the uh, u.s mm-hmm. that um my ex and i ran and uh so we are now uh, i i decided here that I wanted to start my own company. So I started this Real Life Books publishing mm-hmm. and coaching um, because it, I think it was time for people to start learning emotional intelligence. Mm. So like this is the thing. So what was the sort of motivation apart from uh, the orange man of Trump uh, to basically leave the States and start a business here at, over in Amsterdam? Yeah, well, I had traveled all over the world previously. Mm. Um, I was an English teacher. Um, I had lived in Italy, Indonesia. And um, what happened was I, I just had this beautiful little boy and I did not want to raise him in the United States with the weight of being a black male in, in America. I wanted him to have some freedom Mm-hmm. and not grow up with that ever that heavy pressure and then on top of that he he did 
get bullied here. And um, so every night I would tell him nighttime bedtime stories and make them up and discuss what he had told me and what he was feeling and make up a story where it came out the best possible, emotionally intelligent possible way for of a solution. So um, he started encouraging, mom, you should write these stories down. I wanna tell my friends. And so he was sort of my muse for starting to write the children's books that I write and um, start the publishing company because I had been previously published by a company and it just, I, I, want my, I wanted my autonomy. I wanted the freedom to do with my books what I wanted. I wanted to express that the way I wanted. And I didn't wanna fall in line with the programming that is, you know, the world. Mm. So you just basically having the freedom to work on what you wanted to work on, basically editing it the way you wanted it and presenting okay. it the way you wanted it in the world. Exactly. Like, Wow, like this is the thing. Okay, you've been previously published, as you mentioned. So, like, what have been some of the like experiences? What has been your experience doing this as your by yourself? Because it's one Woo. thing being under a company, <laughs> like you know what I mean. It's another thing doing it. You know? Yeah, it's an immense. It was an immense, but pleasurable and very purposeful um, challenge. Mm. I had to learn. I had to learn the publishing industry um, and all the gatekeepers around that. I had to learn how to format a book and edit a book. And, you know, of course I hired, I hired some experts here and there who, who illustrated the book mm -hmm. because even though art is something that I love to do, it was just too much. So I, I luckily um, found a fabulous illustrator who was in Russia and was also biracial like my son. So it was like everything kind of fell into perfect, like, you know, synchronicity. Mm. And um, yeah, I, it was, it, it, it's a challenge. And I still, I do most of the work myself. And um, one day I hope to be able to outsource that, but um, I, I find pleasure doing it, so. Mm. I can imagine like picking up all these new skills. There must have like for any time anyone does an endeavor where they're doing something new for themselves, there's always that one thing which just completely comes out of left field where you're like, yeah, you got to do this. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, I didn't see that happening. I didn't see that coming. What did you have something like that? Or was it just straightforward, would you say? I, I would say it was just straightforward and and also. The one thing that um, I find the most cumbersome and necessary is the social media aspect. Mm -hmm. It actually takes me the time that I have to invest in, in, in posting and all that stuff really took me out of my, uh, my genius, mm. which is the writing piece and um, the teaching piece and the coaching piece. And so um, after a while, with the advice of, of a business coach, because I think coaches need coaches. And um, she told me, you know what? You really should have a podcast <laughs> or you should really be taking this out into the classrooms. And I love to teach. I was a corporate trainer as well um, when I lived in Montreal. And it's just something that's just a part of who I am. I love to teach. I love to um, 
heal, dare I say, and it's just kind of the essence of who I am. Mm. Excellent, excellent. No, I, <laughs> when you say coaches need coaches, um, yeah, like I think it's always one of those things where it's, we often, how can I put it? We often can advise others, but we seldom take that advice ourselves. Oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like taking on a coach which said, yeah, start up a podcast. Um, like, yeah, the world of podcasting, I've got to say, it's a growing thing. And like, I think it's still in its infancy, even though you've got some people which are like huge, big and like ruling the world and everything like this right now. But like, there is still lots of opportunity there. And I think you get so much more from a podcast rather than sort of like, yeah, a Instagram post or like, for God's sakes, um, not Twitter, but post <laughs> on Twitter, but yeah. So what has been like your experience with podcasting now? Because you've done about, is it 10 episodes or is it more? No, no, I'm on, uh, I'm, I'll be recording actually today, episode 24. Ah. So I'm on a second season. Uh, I finished up the last season um, and took a, a couple weeks off mm -hmm. to, to decide what uh, direction I wanted season two to go and to do some work because I'm also working on um, creating a module-based program to teach these um, principles. Um, so the name of the, my podcast is EQ Above IQ, Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Healing the Inner Child. And so what I do on the podcast is I talk about what's going on in the world and I apply the principles of emotional intelligence. And also I teach parents how to reparent themselves through parenting their own children. So um, I believe that we are all children walking around in adult suits, pretending we have it all figured out while we spread our trauma to everyone we touch, including our children, especially our children. And so I want people to come to an awareness about that and really understand that the only way that we're gonna shift the major problems that we have in, in, in the world right now is to learn these principles. And once we do learn these principles, I think a lot of the things that we struggle with on the daily life will subside. Okay, and like with like this being your second season, like, like what has been the sort of growing experience for you doing podcasts? Because I think everyone who gets into that realm, they, mm -hmm. they expect one thing, but they always get something else out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, for me, it was getting out of the comfort zone of just hearing my own voice. I had always been encouraged. <laughs> you should, you have a great voice. You should really be on the radio or, oh, your voice is so soothing. And I'd be like, where do you, where do you hear? But it's, it's that self-awareness piece yeah. that, um, you know, we have been programmed and taught to avoid liking and looking at ourselves mm. in a positive light. Um, it's just like an ongoing, okay, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You, 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 you know, so I had to get out of that self-talk, the negative self-talk myself and just say, okay, I'm just going for it. Let's see what happens. Mm. Like life is about experiences and, um, you know, and so far it's been great. I, I love, I love the, um, the response that I'm getting. So 
it's it's good. Yeah, no. And when you like when you mentioned like the negative self-talk, I think there's a lot of people which out there uh, could be they could be doing so much more with their lives, but the whole thing is, um, I call it the voice of reason. It basically, it's, it is that negative voice what lives in your head. But if you've, uh, if you've got wise to many of the tricks it can give you, then all of a sudden it starts using reason against you, where it'll be like, oh yeah, oh man, look, you've, you've been doing great. You've been working this hard, like, so hard. You've been pushing yourself so well. Look, you're ahead of everyone else. You don't need to do this. It, don't yeah. worry about it. Sit down. Don't worry. Take it, take it easy. And then it's like always constantly there trying to sort of trip yeah. you up. And basically you're like, going, ah, one day. And there's days where it'll catch you napping. And go, yeah. yeah, you're right. I do need to sit down. Yeah, I, I don't need to stress myself out. And you lose a day two days a week sometimes months if you haven't snapped out of it properly right yeah so like what have you used to combat that sort of little voice well that, that I call that the voice of procrastination <laughs> uh-huh. and um judgment self-judgment it's also the childhood voice it's the voice of um like I said I'm not enough or I'm going to fail it's the fear Mm. And um, I tried to break that in myself at a very young age Um, and being, you know, being a a woman of color too, a black woman, you know, we always get that messaging that, you know, we're not this enough, we're not that enough. And, you know, and so I tried to break that a long time ago. So I'm, I'm, most of the time for me, it's time management more than anything, Um, you know, being a mom and uh trying to you know juggle all those responsibilities and 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 raise another human being that that is more of the challenge for me Hmm. and also giving myself the compassion to say i need space or i need to do that without the guilt without the the mommy guilt Hmm. um and for years um you know, you know, I had given up my career um, to raise my my child, and it was so um, conflicting because it's it's like I love my kid, mm-hmm. but it was un- it wasn't gratifying, and I had to really come to to terms with that. So um, during my um, separation, I had to make a choice. You know, do do I continue this and this make this my only focus, or do I go back to me Mm. and, and it was very, I'm very glad that I started going back to me. And actually my son is much happier too. You know, his encouragement with books kind of just domino effect to other aspects of my life and kind of like the re-blossoming of Mm. Trina. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, for me, that voice is, always combat combated with the the voice of compassion Mm. Uh, you know um it's the 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 self-awareness you know piece you know in 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 the eq world you have five principles and self-awareness is the first one and that's when you face your past you deal with emotions that 
come along with that. You recognize what your triggers are. Um, you understand actually other people's emotions, whether they're yours or not. Yeah. You know, and so that piece right there makes is the beginning stage. And once you start to do that, and I started doing that with my ex partner, I realized like, whoa. I've been gaslighted for a long time, man. Well, this is not cool. This is not who I am. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like he's telling me stuff about myself that nobody else has ever waited, you know. So that is the awakening, the self-awareness. And then um, and then you go into the self-regulation piece. And that's when I started doing meditation more. I've been a Buddhist for 25 years anyway, uh-huh. but I realized that my practice had um, really subsided, you know, with early rises and and not getting enough sleep and all that stuff. Um, and so I went back to that practice of uh, meditation every morning, um, just getting some time for me, journaling. My writing is a great outlet for that for me, um, that that expression, and then. Um, the next step is motivation. And I had to figure out what was really motivating me in life. What was my purpose? And that is the piece that a lot of people have missing and they don't recognize. They don't know why they're doing the things that they're doing. Mm. You know, what is, what is the purpose behind me saying what I just said to somebody that may have hurt them? Is it about them or is it about me? Um, and that goes right back to the self-awareness, you know, mm. um, and then the compassion. Self-compassion is something and compassion, oh, it can, it has to be self-compassion first and then compassion for others. Because if you do not like yourself, you will do the wrong things, mm. even for other people. Yeah. So, I would also say if you've got passion for other people, you don't, you're never going to take time for yourself right. as well. So it makes it very hard to help with that development. Right, right. And then, and then the final piece is the social skills and learning how to put all of those principles together to live in cultures and societies and to, to create win-win situations with people if possible, and sometimes leading them even to their own happiness when they're not even aware mm. of that's so that's happening. Because I think a lot of people just really lack that self-awareness and accountability. Yeah, I often think like, yeah, when what you just said there, I think should be the foundation for pretty much everyone in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem, I always see what people often do, like they, they say you don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. They do. Even if you've got five kids, you can find time to work mm-hmm. on these things. And one, I would say one of the things, especially in this 21st century world, like maybe if it was a couple of hundred years ago or whatnot, people don't actually take that sort of time to work on those skills because it, like, it's one of those things where like people, don't, I think also people don't see it as a skill and mm-hmm. improving that you can be naturally talented in one thing or the other, but raw talent doesn't actually get you a victory at the end of the day. It takes hard work to work on all of those sort of like core principles. Right. You're a better person. Um, but people don't do it. 
(laughs) Yeah. And also because there is a, there's been a constant push uh, for success being Mm -hmm. the ultimate and end all be all of everything. And that, that mirror of what success is, is been perpetuated by social media, by, um, you know, the powers that be marketing commercials, you know, and then everybody starts to feel like a failure, but the moment you wake up and you make your bed, that can be a success. Mm. It's that it's the new habits that you're forming and the, the, the effort you put into things that make things happen. I can think about where I was two years ago when I first started to now I'm like, Whoa, I can't believe this. You know, I'm, I'm getting requests to be on podcasts and I have a podcast and I'm doing all of these things that I didn't think that I would be doing two years ago. So it's just about the going back and reflect, reflecting mm. and actually savoring the experiences that you have created over in your life. You know, like I, I'm always kind of like, um, when I start to talk about my life to other people, oh yeah, well, you lived here. Did it? And they're like, what? And I, to me, I'm like, it's just what happened. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, I telling these stories or, 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 or experiences to get a pat on the back to say, oh yeah, no, this is just, this has just been my life, you know? And, um, and it's just a series of choices that I, I, I'm accountable for the good and the bad, you know, of it. Yeah, I think with some like when you like when you go, yeah, I've lived here, I've been here, I've done this and done that. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is the thing. There is like there's the mindset of doing, and then there's the mindset of saying. And mm-hmm. I think every like everyone says, 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 and like the whole thing is the power is in the doing or the power is in the action, and like people kind of how can I say they get a little bit shocked sometimes jealous of when you go I've done this I've done that and especially if you've been blase about it it's like just what do you how did you do that just did it (laughs) yeah didn't ask permission didn't like you know I mean just did it and I really think it's also when you get an audience um I think people of color really get that like that shock factor from people when because they're always they're constantly put in a box of what how far they can go and what they can succeed at and what they can do because of the um the programming of the the world you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and um in the history the the history of us in the world so yeah for for many years people were like what you, you, you lived here, you did that. And, you know, and especially when I go back to the United States, you know, it's kind of like, you're not supposed to do this. I remember I had a, a friend of mine. I went, I, I, I lived in um, Milan. Yeah. And I went on vacation with a group of friends. Uh, and um, while I was there in, on vacation, I had met these, um, I guess, pretty affluent and, and, and famous Italians. I didn't know who they were. 
<laughs> I just had, they 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 asked me if I wanted to go sailing on the boat. I said, sure, let's go, let's do it. And <laughs> yes, let's do this. And so um, that led into connection to another person in that So uh, I used to work with another teacher. I taught English in them. And so I said, hey, I'm going to go to Rome and visit this friend I met on vacation. Do you want to go? And she goes, yeah, 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 you know. So um, I go there. He lives, come to find out his family owns like this whole quarter of Rome since like the early 1600s. And it's like big money. And, blah, blah, blah. and, he lives and so I went to this jewelry shop and they were giving me the VIB kind of like treatment. Yeah. Right. And, and, and she, she pulled me to the side and she's all, how do you get them to treat you like that? I said, I didn't even think about it. What do you mean? Treat me like what? I said, you're very important is a feeling that you have in yourself that radiates out to other people, no matter what you look like, no matter what gender you are, no matter what age you are. If you feel very important, like a very important person, it's going to reverberate out into the rest of the world. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, like, but this is the thing. It's, it's sometimes very, it's very hard to sort of like find out where confidence comes from because, like, mm -hmm. you, like especially if you've known someone for the longest time, mm -hmm. you like, you see, you know them at that point, and like, mm -hmm. one day you'll look at that person and go, "How the hell did you become so confident with this, that, the other?" Because you don't you haven't seen that sort of little bit of growth here, growth there. You haven't witnessed yeah. all the yeah. ins and outs of that journey. Yeah. And when it comes to that and having self-belief, these are sort of like a couple of hard mantras to get, especially in this day and age where people are like told, like, yeah, you are not enough when you are enough. It's a case yeah. of you might have to push yourself and things might not come easy, mm -hmm. but believe in yourself like go forward with confidence and like you know what I mean before you know it maybe things will fall into place you never thought would fall into place but you still got to go out there believe and do it right I think I call it you know one of the things that I have kind of adopted for myself because it I, I've seen that it works and mm -hmm. when I reflect back on the rest of my li life I never um you know um prescribed to uh, the grind. I do believe in that you have to move forward to do make things happen. You do have to do. But the real, really important thing to do is align. Because sometimes if you get into this emotional state of I've got to go, 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 you hmm. actually miss opportunities that are coming towards you because you go like this. Yeah. And you need to go like this a little bit too. Okay. You know, because there's opportunities coming towards you all the time. But if you just if you're just focused on this grind and you don't take the break mm -hmm. to to reflect on where you just been. Then you miss things, you miss opportunities, you miss people coming towards you that could help you. Get to the next step or actually you may need a different direction. Mm -hmm. to get there you know you may need to go this way oh. instead of straight ahead you know what i mean so you know i i i work every day 
<laughs> yeah. towards something. But I have not, I, I no longer adopt the ideals of success that have been programmed into me. Mm. But like, this is the thing, like success, like I've, people got to, I don't think people understand success is subjective to the individual. And like they, like if you take it for success as I have a Lamborghini or like I've got a big yacht or just like, yeah, I wear the latest designer clothes. Uh, that might be one person's idea of success. It's like, and someone could be like, yeah, I've, like raise my family. I've got like they got food and they got a house. They got a roof over their heads and like yeah, I've got a job I do or I've started a business which you know I may provide. And that's another version like version of success. And people like I don't like it comes down to yeah self awareness again as you mentioned before being that self aware and like, having that confidence to go right. This is what my vision of success is rather right. than the BS version of success that which right. is cookie cutter and like sold to pretty much everyone. Right. And also pretty toxic. Mm. Pretty toxic. You know, it, it, it actually undermines your self-esteem more than um, inspires you to move forward. Because I, I, when I look at society as it is now, I see a mental illness and those people who step out of that that lane are seen as the crazies mm. you know when and then all of a sudden people start to wake up and there's a kind of a resonance you know a lot of people are now understanding the importance of meditation um in in in, in uh, eastern um philosophies on how to generate success you know, but mostly it's just generating peace, peace of mind, self-awareness, figuring out what you really want out of your life. And that material things are nice and they need to, we need them in the current structure, but they're not the things that bring happiness. It's the experiences that bring really joy to people's life, you know, and the be able to think back on your life experiences and think, oh, I did that. I love, you know, reliving my life with my son. He goes, mom, you, 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 you did that? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, me and my son, we have a pack that when he turns 19, not 18, 19, <laughs> we're going to jump out of a plane together. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I, my goal when I had my son was to, uh, have a life that was bigger and better than the one that I grew up dreaming about mm. because when I was a little kid I didn't like my childhood I had a lot of trauma I had a lot of things that happened and I remember staring at this earth wind and fire album cover and said that's where I need to go that's where I want to go that's that's home to me this is not my home I don't what am I doing here you know really connected to another uh, dimension of myself. And so that became my life goal to go and see as much and as experience as much as possible and try as much, as many things as possible to really find out what I'm in love with. And then all of a sudden you woke up and I said, I like telling stories. Mm. 
I've been doing that my whole life. And I'm just now, oh, that's that's what I'm good at. So uh, from encouragement from your like your son to mm -hmm. like, put these stories out there, like did you do anything with stories before that? Or was it a case of you were like, what were you doing before? Oh, before that. Uh, well, before before I had my son, I was traveling the world <laughs> before uh, I met his father. And uh, I took a hiatus and helped him build some pretty successful companies. Because before that, I worked um, in corporate America. I worked for FedEx for nearly 10 years and was a manager and did the whole corporate thing because I thought that was the thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I found it very unsatisfying, but I was doing it in Los Angeles. So there was this creative aspect around me. I had all these very creative uh, TV LA type friends around and, and mm. they were always encouraging me, you should do this, you should do this. But I also had this kind of like awareness that all of it was fake you know, so I didn't want to make that a part of my life. Ex like, like, that's what I'm going to do. I, I wanted to have authenticity, but it was fun. You know what I mean? I saw it. I used to say to my friends, they like, oh, why don't you, why don't you do this? Why don't you do what we're doing? And I go, I just like going to the parties. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, yeah, LA party scene. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, it's fun. I, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing I liked that aspect of it and I like to be on the periphery of it. But I, you know, I did one TV show and I got enough attention that I realized that I did not want my life to be co-opted and 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 judged at that time. I you know, now is a different place because I'm a more confident person even then. Mm. I, I just change you change, you evolve. So like attention that I get now for the things that I do now is because they're my purpose. It's not just because look at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not ever been my thing. It's never been my thing. So um, yeah, even though I know that there are people can get very successful and very influential, be very influential in those way. I've also seen enough people in that world, extremely unhappy. Yeah, I can imagine because like the way I see, I see it as you've got, I see it as an outsider as you've got LA and then you've got Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And basically both sort of live together symbiotically. But if you're in LA, you're living a very, very different life to Hollywood, which yeah. is just like as, a, as the restaurant train used to be, Planet Hollywood, you're yeah. out you're out there and yeah. your sort of day-to-day -day mingling if you're in that world must be quite surreal. <laughs> it really is. And it's really, and, it, and it's kind of like watching, you know, I always stayed comfortably outside of it because I saw so much mental illness within it. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's so easy to fall into that lack of self-worth and being uh, a size zero in, in, in all these material things and all that. Mm. Because it looks like, because our whole world is this big story. Yeah. Our whole lives are, is this big story. And, and if you, you don't notice, all of the things that we are, we say are cool or what we say are um, real are actually based on a lot of fantasy, you know, you know, friends, 
living in an apartment in in New York and you know you're a bunch of broke students how the hell are you going to afford a place like that you know what I mean but so many people strive for this fake reality mm. you know and it's and it's completely fabricated but they know the people who create this stuff they know that it creates a desire for their products for the things that they want you to buy, the lifestyle mm -hmm. they want you to live. It's all interconnected. And uh, it just really feeds on your um, need to be a part of community and tri the tribalism, the, the reptilian brain. You know, we want to find our, our tribe, mm -hmm. but they've, they've done all these things to make sure we're divided and separated at the same time. So um, I just, um, I'm always studying psychology and I'm, I'm taking this really interesting course right now. And for, for it talks about the um, moralities of life. And it's a Yale University course. And it's fascinating, fascinating uh, lecture was about the difference between chimpanzees and the bonobos. They're our closest primate um, ancestors. Yeah. Okay. And the difference is, is that chimpanzees, they live, they, they, they are territorial. They send, go out in troops, go, go look around the parameter of their, their little spot. They will brutally yes. kill and tear apart any non-member of their troop. Um, they also keep, they also keep the females separated. They have a tendency to rape not just the females, mature ones, but the children. They're very violent, very violent as and and it's all because they live in scarcity. Chimpanzee lives chimpanzees live places where there are gorillas. Mm -hmm. That's why they live predominantly in the trees. Bonobos live in places where there are no gorillas. So they predominantly live on the ground. And they have the resources and they can go get herbs and, and vegetation. And they're actually nutritionally more well-rounded because they live on the ground, but they're more peaceful. And they can live in multiple troops. They don't go around and monitor the territory. They basically, and then they have strong female groups. So the, the females basically kind of stay together. Mm. And um, they, they actually kind of are in charge, the matriarchal, you know, and not in a violent way. It's just like, yeah, you know, one of the things the bonobos do is they have sex all day, every day. <laughs> Even though <bonobos. laughs> Yeah, and, and, and they also do it with every gender. It's, it's not exclusive. It's not male, female, it's male, male, female, female, whatever, you know, and, it's because they have more abundance mm. and they're not as stressed. So there's rarely any violence within the Bonobos group versus what happens in the chimpanzee. Now, which one are we mostly aligned with? Well, like, hey, you don't, you don't, well, I, I know what the answer is, but <laughs> yes. And like, this is the thing, I have, I've, I've heard many a story about what chimpanzees do like when they mm -hmm. get jealous and stuff like that mm -hmm. there was this one like there was this one time um this is like I, this is what triggered it 
there was a birthday cake. There was a number of chimpanzees, and it was this particular chimp's birthday. Mm-hmm. This this human, like um, I can't remember if they were a zookeeper or if he just owned them, like in his house. He gave the birthday cake to this chimpanzee. This other chimpanzee got extremely jealous about this and basically attacked him. Uh, it was a horrific attack. Let's mm-hmm. just say, like, really, guy didn't make it. But yeah. uh, all I've got to say was extreme mutilization. Yeah. And it was just like, okay. And chimps do that on a very regular basis. They absolutely do. They absolutely do. And that's what we as human beings do on a regular basis too, because the current structures that we live in are based on scarcity when they really don't need to be. We have an abundance of resources, but the people who basically created the foundation of Western society, especially, knew that, you know, if they took the majority and make make the other ones fight for uh, a position, this would what this is what was going to happen, you know. Why? You know, the point of sharing. And there's a lot of people who will argue with me about this, um, you know, saying, "Oh, we need capitalism." Oh, you're talking about socialism or uh, this and that. And I'm like, "No, we're we're talking about our nature. The bonobos and the chimpanzees are on the same level of our evolutionary ladder. Mm-hmm. It's just that humans chose to go this way more." Not that we don't like to have physical relations, but it's the, it's the, because of the most, it, it's mostly patriarchal. And one of the other things is that, you know, the, the females have to, you know, go to the ground like the males to get the vegetation because they, they mostly live in the trees and they eat the fruit, mm-hmm. right? That's not enough to be healthy. So they have to run to the ground and they have to sneak around and run away from the gorillas who, you know, are extremely territory as well. You know what I mean? Territorial as well. It was stuck there. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, but what they have, because they're always pregnant, are babies on their back. So they can't get down there and back up fast enough sometimes. So Mm. they don't get to um, congregate with other females. So they don't get to create the bonds in order to create the structure that's closer to the bonobos. And right now, I think we're in a very, um, especially in America, we're in a very, um, I would think in the UK too, we're in a very um, special um, situation where women are now getting more positions of power. Uh, Now in America, we're gonna have a female vice president and let's be honest about that that look um when you say vice president like if if biden gets in look look no 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 we know all i've got to simply say is that guy mm, that's like i could like hi my name's miwa <laughs> this is trina and like turn around come back is that hi Hutton, have i met you before uh, is that guy uh, yes, I just met you now. Yeah. Me, uh, is it, you know, it's like, yeah, look. You know who's going to be running things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't like, so don't be like, no one, if anyone tells me Biden's going to, Biden's going to be in charge for about a year, 
in a bit and drift drift away. Look, and it's not the it's not the first time this has happened. Mm-hmm. Like the last time this happened, her name was Nancy Reagan, and she ran stuff for like the like. For That's the, right. That's uh, right. Uh, and uh, before and before her was Ella uh, Roosevelt and yeah. like you know, Barbara Bush, Barbara Bush too. You know, so, there's Michelle Obama. You know, like, you know. Like this is the thing. I think Michelle Obama, if she decides to ever run for president, I think she'll have her time. But that's if she decides to run. I don't like. I don't think she will. I don't no. think she. I think she's she's very self aware. Yeah, I think she she's like I've done this. I like it was a pain. Mm-hmm. I don't need this exactly in my life. <laughs> yeah, because I want to curse somebody out, and I I, I want to curse somebody out so. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't yeah I, I don't want to have to yeah you can see it on her face oh yeah yeah she, she's telling somebody off like boom 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 just like that you know so yeah. yeah just one quick thing about Michelle Obama I was listening to her autobiography mm-hmm. and like one of the things what really stuck out like when she was like going yeah she was like on the campaign trail and like she was saying all the words and she was like yeah and it was like People like going, yeah, they were losing, like every time she spoke, they were losing points, losing mm-hmm. points, losing points. And then like her team got her, like went, okay. They went, they sat her down and like this, and like, she was like, what? I'm, I'm doing everything right. I'm passionate, everything. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. They played it and they showed it to her when she was talking and then they went, okay, now let's watch it again. And they played it back out any sound mm-hmm. just to show her and it was like she was like oh i, <laughs> I, I see and was like, right um yeah like you say coaches need coaches and like yeah that yeah. little coaching teaching moment what like it was like okay i need to well like, of course it's because also she is you know she's like i'm a i'm a lawyer i'm I'm educated. I, I thought, you know, I'm doing this the right way. But, you know, she also comes from where she comes from. And, you know, we inherit certain things. That's one of the one of the things around the parenting piece with um, EQ above IQ. I always express to parents and the parents that I'm coaching that there's no such thing as perfection. Mm-hmm. And there's always an opportunity to repair, you know, like oh, Michelle Obama repaired what she wasn't aware of and that's what the whole journey of about life is is that becoming aware of what you don't know that yeah. you don't know and so as a parent you know i i have many mia culpas to my son and i and and he appreciates each one because i was what i'm actually teaching him is that i'm not perfect i'm a human being um, but I can also come back and hold myself accountable for the things that I have done wrong or said wrong because of the childhood pro- programming and trauma that I have experienced. And I talked to him about it. I said, you know, I, did, I went through this and this, and that's why this comes out sometimes. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to try to do better at that. And, you know, what I am building is a better, or what I'm creating is a better human being through my my negative experiences just as much as my positive. Mm. And a lot of people don't realize that that you can do that. You can do that in every relationship. 
but wouldn't you say you're building two better human beings yourself and mm -hmm. your son because like this is the thing like one of the things i'm not a parent myself but what i've like seen um, observed i've seen i don't know <laughs> like one like yeah they're like little sponges and they will take mm -hmm. in everything you like throw out there uh yes be like beware of a child who is quiet because they are now watching and trying to learn as much as they can <laughs> from that situation uh like yeah and basically too when when you are going through this whole like realm of like, the closest i've been to being a parent is mm -hmm. like being a camp counselor mm -hmm. you know, like over it and look that's a parent uh, that's a parent yeah highly stressed everything like this and yeah you're trying to keep control of the roller coaster of chaos, which is a small human being. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just trying to keep that calm and then basically trying to work it all out. And that takes work on yourself and it mm -hmm. takes work like helping that child become better. And so, like, it's all I see it always as a thing where you're working on yourself and you're working on that child to be better. Right. I think people often think I should just be working on the child. Yeah. Oh. No, it doesn't work that way. It's also, the thing is, is a lot of people, um, like I said, get in that caught in that programming and well, this is how I was raised. Mm. And then they don't reflect on how they actually feel about themselves, mm. you know, or where their hurts were. And I was like, well, if you are repeating the exact same thing, because you're, you're blocking your lesson. Yeah. You're blocking your lesson and you're blocking the gift that your child is giving you. Every child is an opportunity to become a better version of yourself. Mm. And what we have grown up with um, is that our children are our burdens. And yes, that's, you can look at it. They're tiresome. They're, they're, they can be heavy. They're biological little beings. They're little narcs in the beginning. It's all kinds of stuff, you know, it, what, but it, you, you were, you it, were there, you were there too. <laughs> Did you call them little narcs? At the yes. <laughs> yes. Because they are. Do you think they care about you all the time? They just got they got an itch that needs to be scratched and I don't care, get out of the way. Move. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> you remember the time, just like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's not their fault. It's yeah. just, that's just our, that's our, that's neuroscience. That's our programming as, as a, a human beings, you know? And, but it's our responsibility as parents is to, to kind of like, sit back, reflect on our own childhoods and say, well, I would say that the majority, I mean, you know, humanity has become less violent over, over the centuries for that, that's for sure. And so um, I don't wanna beat it all up, but we're, we're not there, we're not there. No, but I think that's gonna be a case of, it's a long, like we're still on a long road of like progress and like, look, if you like simply go human beings in our current form have been around for 200 300,000 years mm -hmm. planet earth's been around for 4 billion and and counting <laughs> mm -hmm. like, it uh, always changes because we're always finding out something new and that just depends on where you know 
where your brain is, like what you what you believe in, because yeah. you got the religious side, you got the, you know, you got the pagan side, you got all kinds of people, and you know, you've got the bio biohacking side where you know they're doing doing you know you know LSD and DMT and psychotropics, and they're like, hey, there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, indeed, indeed, I do. But like, this is the thing. Um, with, like, I'm curious because look, you you are a particular rare gem, okay? The reason why I say this, okay, now, like, someone to leave the States. Yes. To, like, uh, okay, I'm leaving the States is mm -hmm. rare because, like, you're like, okay, we got everything here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there's all kinds of ones I've heard. Yeah, oh. yeah. But, like, okay, like, the, but yes, leaving the States, California, to come all the way to Europe as like, yeah, you're a black lady doing that. And you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live here. Like just purely from your personal experience, what has, like, what benefits have you got from like leaving? Like so many, you don't understand. Okay. The first time I left the United States was when I moved to Montreal, Canada. Right. And uh, it was the first time I went. <sighs> How so? I, I I say it's energy. I say it's just the 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 new terrain, mm -hmm. the opportunity to be something other than what other people expect you to be, the freedom to get away from people who have maybe put you down, made you feel less than. It, it, it's it's amazing as a black person, as a, and, and a woman, in especially to get out of your bubble of existence because you know you are no longer beholden. Because what we do is we sometimes act out the expectations of others, even though we're not aware that's what we're doing. So when you get out of that bubble, you no longer have to do that. You get to start, it's like starting from scratch. Mm. And of course you bring yourself with you, but there's aspects of yourself that are tightly connected to the environment that you are in. And for me personally, having left the United States was kind of just like a freedom. Like I felt a huge weight lifted from my shoulders. Mm. Um, I felt like um, uh, more autonomy, like, um countries that are the colonizers <laughs> don't really look at the people um like the original colonizers of the united states were from europe yeah okay so when you come to europe they don't feel any threatened threatening they, they don't feel threatened they they're in charge so you can you just go about your your life. Of course, they are, of course, um, limiting a lot of people of color here. But for me, I, I try to look, I try to look past those limitations most of my life. So <clears throat> it just you just feel an energetic ah wasa, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that was the big one for me. I just I felt like wow, I can be be free. Mm. Like, because with like with regards to America, which the like 
basically the selling tagline is the land of the free. Uh, <laughs> I, I can talk about other things, war and drugs and stuff like that, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but exactly. But when you go, yeah, leave in America, you just felt this weight off your shoulders and basically, and like now being in Amsterdam, which let's just say it is like the whole country is pretty much the si half the size of New York state or something like this. Mm -hmm. You could fit into California a couple of times. Um, yeah, you're like, I, yeah, ah, I have this sort of freedom. Uh, from like expectations and stuff like this mm -hmm. like and you say it with a real sense of relief mm -hmm. um, that would surprise quite a lot of people yeah because they haven't experienced it they can, the the thing that keeps americans in america is fear mm. that's what keeps fear of the unknown um there's a big perpetuation of fear of like wow you know if you go over there you won't have you won't have this or you won't have that. And the desire to to just keep that sameness, you know, mm. that you know, we are we're we're naturally nomadic as a species, you know. And I feel like the only reason why we have been put into these um, regions or boxes is just a control mechanism to make sure that the the certain amount of um, money an economy stays in the hands of certain people. Mm. You, need, you, need, you need slaves to build the country, you know, just like they did, you know, they, they needed slaves. So, cause they didn't want to do it themselves. So that I, I'm also a person that believes in energy and, 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 and the sort. I think that when you live someplace where the foundation is built on that much brutality, death um, and trauma, Mm -hmm. then it's in the air. It's in the, it's in the legislation. I mean, there's, it wasn't until 1965 that slavery was not allowed federally in every, every single state. There was, yeah. <laughs> you know, so as a person of color to know that I'm that not that far removed from a time where I had zero rights to, to exist and there's a lot of structures put in place. And as you can see what's happening in America right now with race relations, I saw it coming when Trump came, went into office. And that's when I was like, um, we backing up, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I, I, I was out there watching for, for many years. Yeah. So it, it's, it's different. And once you get out of the bubble, you also can think more critically. Mm. Like one of the things I'm curious of, like for your own sort of personal experience, like now you you get out of the bubble and now you're like meeting other like other people of color from other parts of the world. Like, uh -huh. is there a different vibe they give off compared to what you give off? Because like oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like because like this is the thing, like. I understand the history of America, I understand like with regards to slavery and this and like basically, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's like the civil rights movement, what that came in and like segregation in schools, which didn't um, really sort of get truly abolished either in uh, 1970, 1974 mm -hmm. 
itch mm -hmm. and like basically moving forward. But for myself, when like when it comes to the slavery aspect and stuff like this, I'm saying this as someone who's like parents originate from Nigeria and being born and raised in the UK. And like, this is the thing. Yeah, we've got our troubles. Like we've got our troubles here. It's not like, ah, oh, Shangri-La, but mm -hmm. there's that sort of thing. I can't sort of like, when someone goes, ah, oh, slavery, listen, I was like. Yeah, no, it's different <laughs> for you because you don't, you don't digest it in the same way. When you, when, here's one of the things that a lot of Africans don't get about Americans, Black Americans, African Americans, is that we were robbed our family connections. We were robbed of our identity. And that is a huge part of building one's self-esteem and understanding oneself. Mm. So we struggle with the oppression, but also knowing thyself, where we come from, who we're from. And then we also sometimes have the conflict of being multiracial. I am multiracial too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but only seen as one. Yeah. And not being able to express all of who I am. You don't have that problem, especially because when you come from Africa or your parents came from, there's such a pride of self. That's been my experience with, with um, my African friends and that they don't really get it. And also they see the propaganda of TV and they think we had it, we got it good. <laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> we have it different, but we, we don't have it good per se. Yeah. Some of us have it better than others, but not everybody is living the rap lifestyle and, and, and all that stuff that is always perpetuated through the media. And so, you know, and I know there's extreme poverty in certain parts of uh, Africa as well. And I know right now you guys got that, that, uh, what is it, SARS or something? The, what is that, the, the police? Oh, like that, like, yes, there was like um, this, uh, I can't yeah, remember the exact name, but it was a, a special police yeah. like agency in yeah. Nigeria. There's a lot which of have, how can I put it? They have a certain level of corruption. Uh, which has been uh, perpetrated through every sort of rendit, like uh, evolutionary stage of this particular unit. So it's like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and which so, not going anywhere soon, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, every place has its issues with, with the problem, but you don't have the identity thing. And I think that's a huge piece. I think it's a huge piece. And, and um, I think that's why a lot of, um, African-Americans do the DNA tests and they're trying yeah. to figure out what tribe they came from and what part of Africa they came from, you know, they miss home. You know, there's a miss, there's a longing, but there's also a fear to go there. And also there's a sense of rejection as well. I, I, I dealt with that a few times. Mm, mm. Like, interesting, very interesting. Like what I would say is like, with regards to fear, there is nothing to fear but fear itself with exactly. regards to that. Um, and the sort of aspect of getting out of the United States and sort of visiting other places. And look, don't get me wrong, like, especially in the state of California where you can be on the beach in the morning and you can be like, well, snowing, like snowboarding in the evening because oh. you've got that sort of diversity. It's a, you've got that's a very sort of blessed situation to be in like right. I have to go like I have to go from here 
in the UK to at least three different countries before, well, two, before mm-hmm. I can like say that. But I would simply say, yeah, there's lots of opportunities out there and like getting out there and seeing the world a little bit more would, I think would be helpful uh, on many a scale. And yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know about yourself, like you're in Amsterdam right now and I don't have this sense you would be coming back to America anytime soon. Uh, if you are going to do anything, I think you'd most probably move to another European country or something like that first. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I really love Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. I lived in Indonesia for almost a year and uh, what I have found in my many travels around the world is that the warmer the clim- climate is, the warmer the people are. Ah. And so, um, you know, one of the things we were talking about, the differences between um, the Black people here is I, 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 I'm interpreted as fake because I smile a lot. <laughs> you know, or I'm friendly. Oh, wow. And, um, and I'm like, no, I'm just friendly. Uh, that's kind of just my vibe. Sorry, I know you're not. <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not, because that friendliness usually has something to do about you want something from me. Mm. And that's not, that's not, I don't want anything from anybody. You know, if I do, I probably would just directly tell you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I understand that. Like, this is the thing. Um, I'm pretty much like a lifelong Londoner. So, yeah. like, yeah, I've like, like lived in Cambridge for about two years, but like, yeah, like uh, you, like you, you take a Londoner and you put them anywhere else in the country and where people like say, hello, <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> the reaction would be like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a reaction and I catch myself doing it. I'm like, going, uh, hello <laughs> yeah yeah and i always a- wonder what that is i always wonder what that is what is it the 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 fear of being um taken advantage of or you know um in one of my pod the very first podcasts um i talked about the globalization of um, of the world um and the trauma that it caused and i you know i did a lot of research of history and you know having lived in europe I understand, you know, I, I studied a lot uh, about the Roman Catholic Church and, and its influence, but you, you, one of the things people don't realize is that there was so much feudal fighting and religious fighting and there were no class, there was a, there was the royal class and there was, and you were poor, that was it, you know, and then there was people that catered to that, that, that got a little nudge up, but you are at, you bent your body and everything else to the will of these people, you mm-hmm. know, it, within the church, within the hierarchy. And um, that was a lot of trauma. You know, we, we, in America, it's come out a lot about the Roman Catholic church and the pedophilia. This is a thousand years institution. This is not new. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is old stuff. Yeah. And they went around the so what happened is that you got all these people who were basically probably beaten constantly or forced into religion through torture and all kinds of things, just constantly in the state of um, fear. And um, they took that muskets, ships, and went out into the rest of the world and divvied it up and did exactly the same thing that was done to them. 
So that's the whole thing about trauma. If you're not aware of it, or if you justify it, you know, like, you know, well, that's how it is. That's what's supposed to happen. We're the, the superior race or whatever, you know, they, they will manifest destiny. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what's happened. If you take a look back, I, I think if, if the majority of um, Europeans within the United States and outside took accountability for their history in a factual, not the rewritten way, that we would have a massive amount of healing. Yeah, but like this is the thing with regards to history and all of its like, with all of its teachings, like there is no there is no such thing as a true like a true history. As they say, like it's a it's a sword. There's like a three pronged sword. There's their side, your side, and then the truth. And the truth, <laughs> like basically, doesn't really suddenly come into it. And like this is the thing. Um, I, it always like kind of I kind of smile when people like go, but yeah, you like they try to get on a high their high sort of high mighty horse about how virtuous their country is or anything like this. And like you go, look, <laughs> look, <laughs> don't be saying that because I, I am no historian, but like yes. if you dig deep enough, you know, there's going to like, there is blood on everyone's ledger and like, yeah, uh, atrocity or two. So yeah. don't, don't yeah. get high mighty about it. Like wherever you are in the world, like yeah. be that in Europe or be that the, sort of distant far-flung parts of Australasia. There uh -huh. is like, there's always something there. And people are like, oh, well, but it was like, no. So don't like, you have like your country, your sort of like past will have history there. You weren't directly involved, but don't sort of like use that to be more superior than someone else. Right, right. And that's what it is, is a big dose of humility would be grateful you know, for everyone. But um, like you said, that there's the truth of history and then there's the written one. Mm. And as the truth of history starts to come out more and more and can't be denied, people are, I think there's a big, right now there's a big fear of a loss of power in America. And um, that's because they've been, they've been sheltered for a very long time. And now the, the history of what's actually happened and the contributions to, you know, the basically extermination of the Native Americans and everything else is coming, coming to the forefront and they're freaking out. Yeah, like this is like one of the things I would simply say is like, I don't see why, um, I would simply say, look, yeah, that is part of your history like, mm -hmm. look, like, accept that, mm -hmm. and, like, do something to, like, do something for better for tomorrow. It's, like, mm -hmm. build for that. And, like, this is the thing. Don't get caught up in your history. Build for tomorrow. Build for the future. Build for something better for, like, the generations will come after you. And, yeah. yeah, be proud in that. Yeah, exactly. It's, to me, I always say take account. Mm because it's important to take account because when you don't take accountability, you don't learn. Mm -hmm. So um, then 
take responsibility. And that doesn't mean to be in shame. That means to be respond differently. You have an ability to respond differently. That's all responsibility is. Mm -hmm. So it's not saying you're a bad person. Yeah, of course, you know, your family, you know, I hear, oh, we, I didn't own slaves. My family didn't own slaves. We were poor, we were this. And I said, but you benefit from a structure. And so you take account of that piece mm. and then respond differently to create a system where our children will and your children too will all be um, better off. You know, it's an obligation. We don't, um, there's a Native American um, saying around, you know, um, the difference between rights and obligation. We don't have rights as humans, we have obligations. And our obligation is to make sure we left the earth and our, our, the planet a better place than when we were on it. Mm. And that's our obligation because that actually is the only thing that makes sense. And that's why I do what I do because I feel by teaching these principles to children especially and the inner child, I help my child's children in the future. I have an obligation to try to do better than what was done for me. And if I know what was done badly and I keep perpetuating it, it's just a, it's an ugly cycle. Indeed, indeed, very true, very true. I must ask, like, what is like the plan for the next six months, a year, 18 months from now? <laughs> Woof. Well, we'll see what happens with COVID, okay? So that's <laughs> that that has really thrown a wrench into everything that I was doing. I was in I was uh, in schools. I teach a course called Mindful Storytellers, mm. where I teach children how to write a book using the five principles of emotional intelligence, and then I publish a book with their names on it, and it it was great. It's a great course, but because the schools in COVID. You know, there's no after school programs and they're not letting us in. So that kind of went and I, I've been trying to switch that online. So I, I offer it to online now. And um, and so I also, like I mentioned, I'd love to see what Southeast Asia has to offer me and my son because I'm looking for um, opportunities in Malaysia and in Indonesia mm -hmm. and places like that to have that additional experience for, for my son and for myself because I can pretty much teach anywhere. And um, let's see. So if the borders get open again, <laughs> that's, that's possible because all of that I do is mostly online. And also I am working on this um, EQ above IQ parenting program so that um, parents can really dive into and start um, working on their inner child and learn to reparent through them, through their children, through their parenting. And um, I think more of us need to, to do that. Like, you know, I always say sometimes when you are feeling down, you know, go hug your kid and envision this to you, mm. you know? My son said, hey, that's a little like you're using me. What about my hug? I said, you get the hug anyway. I can, <laughs> I can piggyback on the hug. 
you know, you you get to feel it. I can feel it too. <laughs> it's like, Charles, like, your son looks like you're like a, Mm. <laughs> are you using me <laughs> i feel like no I, i've listened to that excuse before no 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 <laughs> when i was younger you got me there but no 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 mm -hmm. <laughs> wait wait one day he's gonna come up to you hey hey mom looks like you need a hug oh come on come on <laughs> I just like, you'd be like, what do you want, boy? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So he, he's, 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 he's been, I, one of the things that I didn't receive enough was uh, of hugs. And so he has been hugged up and loved up from the beginning and to the point of annoyance. Okay, mom, <laughs> that's enough, look, that's look. enough. Now, this is the thing. There's the classic parent method, which I see all mothers do to their child, where they just get a tissue. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have, look, every, every child has been that child where they've been trying to flee from their parents. It's like, no, no, um, no. Why are you? That stopped several years ago, actually. He, I think he was around four, and he's like, Mom, that's your spit. I go, so what? You're made of my spit. <laughs> no. No, no, <laughs> no, he, yeah, I don't. I usually now I say, Hey, you got something here, and he'll go, Ah, no, that's that's been gone for a while, but uh, yeah, now it's more like, uh, yeah, your hair's a little out of place. He's like, Mom, it doesn't matter. I go, You're right, it doesn't matter. <laughs> My programming. Yeah, I look away. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that's going to make me smile all day, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I've done my job. I've done my purpose. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Um, I have to say, I am a being of supreme cosmic power. Awesome. Minus, minus the small itty-bitty li living spaces. But nevertheless, yeah. <laughs> I have the power to grant you one wish. Like one, one of the things is you cannot wish for world peace. No, you can't like, and you can't wish for an infinite amount of wishes. You can't wish for like, yeah, write out a list and then go, yeah, I wish everything on this paper. Would oh be. man. No, no. That's exactly what I was gonna do. Yeah, okay. what gonna I, I, I know the tricks, I know the tricks. <laughs> uh, if I could grant you one wish, what would that wish be? Mm. Ooh. the fortitude to continue to move forward in my purpose even when I feel like I want to give up ah uh, that inner strength okay yeah no worries what I will do I'll get working on that yes right please away. please and also <laughs> a couple million dollars would help too <laughs> You had your one wish. <laughs> you had your one wish. No, well, that'll come anyway. That'll come anyway. <laughs> I, I am sure of it. I am sure of it. Now, I would like to say, uh, could you tell the lovely people out there how they can find you, how they can get in contact with you on this? Oh, well, well you, you, of course, like we talked about social media. I'm on Instagram at this, this underscore real underscore 
life uh, underscore books. Um, and then I'm on Facebook at Visceral Life Books and also on LinkedIn uh, with Visceral Life Books. Really basically just put in Visceral Life Books and it's there. And then the website is visceralifebooks.com. Um, I offer coaching for uh, EQ-based coaching and cognitive behavioral therapy. And um, yeah, it's, uh, and I teach the mindful storyteller class on, on Zoom as well and, and can get your kids to have fun and, and write a story and learn collaboration and the five principles. So yeah, I think those, those are all the places. <laughs> ah, superb, superb. Ah, Trina, I would like to say thank you for coming on today. You have been exceptional. You've been- Oh, superb. thank you. Um, hey, I definitely would look forward to having you back on the podcast again in the oh. future. Ah, Yes. Yeah, it'd be a pleasure. A great pleasure. I appreciate you reaching out and um, allowing me to express my purpose to you and hopefully influence some hearts to do the same. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Ah, yes. I'd like to say thank you to you, my friends, my life warriors out there. Please stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic. Be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some. Have a great day, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, outside.